Welcome to New Life Bible Church, and thank you for joining us. Every week, listen to practical teaching of God's Word you can apply to your life as you live out your faith every day. Our vision at New Life is that you may know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Here's this week's message from New Life Bible Church. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, you guys are on fire today, or am I just hearing me? Am I the only one? Is that just me that's loud? Yeah, uh, yeah I got a, a yes from most of you guys. I can't, I'm Cuban. I can't help it. I'm just loud. Okay. Don't you Italians laugh. You guys are loud too. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. Decision, service, rest, and reward. Right through the book of Ruth. Uh, the book of Ruth has four chapters in it, and I want to kind of go over a couple of things from last week as we head into, we only covered decision last week. I was hoping to cover decision and service, but maybe today we'll get a little farther. We might finish, but I doubt it, but we'll finish up next week if I don't finish today. But uh, I wanted to kind of set up a little bit because I've been reading through this portion of scripture, and uh, right before Ruth is uh, Judges, and right after is First uh, and Second Samuel, so as you read through there, the first part of Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And this land that they're talking about is Bethlehem. And Bethlehem means house of bread. And you think, how can a place that's called house of bread be going through a famine? Well, you got to read Judges to understand what's happening in the book of Ruth. And in Judges, the, the, the prevailing theme or what's being said there over and over, it says that the children of Israel did evil in the eyes of the, of the Lord. So the children of Israel were disobeying, they were doing evil, and the Lord provided these judges, secular judges, just people that came in and started to control the people because they no longer had God on their side. If you read through your Bible in the Old Testament, every time that they were uh, uh, obeying God and they went into battle, they would win the battle miraculously. Ten people could put out 10,000 people. It was just incredible because they were, they were doing what God had called them to do. They were behaving like God's children, the Israelites. Well, in this case, they weren't. They were doing evil if you read through the book of Judges. And now they came in, you know, get into the book of Ruth, and it, it starts like that. The judges ruled, and there's no bread in the house of bread. Why not? Because they were doing evil and they weren't obeying God. Because there is a, 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 a promise that if you obey God in the book of Deuteronomy 28, I read all that last time, I won't be reading that again, but you're welcome to go there. And there's a whole portion that says, that, you know, this is the blessing that you get for obeying God. And then there's pages and pages and pages of curses if you don't obey God. So I, I'd rather have that one page than, than all the ones after it. But as we went through it, uh, I kind of broke down the names. Uh, Elimelech, which was uh, Naomi's uh, husband. Is she going to have to marry an, an Elimelech? 
<laughs> That's a kind of a funny name. The, the, the mom, in this one, the mom's name is, is Ruth, and the daughter's name is uh, Naomi. But uh, Elimelech, Elimelech uh, means my God is king. He's from Bethlehem, Judah, which is house of bread. And Judah means praise, or to throw your arm up or your hand up like, a, like an arrow, right, in, in, uh, in giving, in a gesture of giving. So he was, my God is king in the house of bread, and I praise him with my gesture of giving. Naomi means his delight, God's delight. So they were all kind of born in this time where there was bread in the house of bread, right? There was, there was plenty. They were obeying God. Things were good, so they get named these good names. Then they have two sons, uh, Malon and Chilion, and they basically mean, Malon means sick, and Chilion means hungry. <laughs> Come here, sick and hungry. Sick, come on, sick. Hungry, ding, 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 ding. He probably was already there because he was hungry. You know, when they rang the bell, yeah, he was probably already there. But these were born on a different time. Can you tell what time they were born in? In the time of famine, right? They were, they were given those names because of that. So they end up moving. They leave Bethlehem, the family, and they decide to go to a place called Moab. These are descendants of Lot. And uh, Lot's descendants were uh, uh, brought forth through uh, incest. If you guys know what that is, if you don't, then Google it. But uh, I wouldn't Google the, the images, just Google it, <laughs> right? But uh, you can Google it and find out what it means. And the two daughters uh, got their dad drunk because they weren't procreating, and, and that's how they ended up having children. So the Moabites had many gods and many different uh, things that they worshipped, and they were very carnal. In fact, the name Moab actually means of his carnal father. Of a, they were carnal people because they were of a carnal father. It was a place with many idols. So they made a, a decision here to go there. They made a bad decision because even though they were attempting to survive, they didn't want to starve and go hungry. They moved there and now uh, uh, the husband dies and the two sons die. Not before they married two Moabite women. Ruth and Oprah. I know, I was hoping that they would all kind of just accept it, you know. It's Orpah. She was very rich. Had her own TV station. And <clears throat> but uh, these two women now are, uh, they're, you know, they're widows. The, uh, the, the mom, the, Naomi, is, is headed back. She's like, I'm going back to Bethlehem. And ten years have passed, by the way. And she's headed back. And uh, she goes, okay, you guys need to stay here, find new husbands here in your own, in your own town, in your own. And, uh, and Orpah said, okay. And she gave her a big kiss and walked away. And, you know, we always say, oh, how nice, how sweet a kiss. Well, Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss, and that wasn't very nice or sweet at all, right? So uh, the same thing happened here. She betrayed her mother-in-law by a kiss and walked away. She was a kisser. But Ruth clung it says she clung to her mother-in-law and then i read that portion of scripture that we're all very familiar with right um let me see ruth said entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you for wherever you go i will go wherever you lodge i will lodge your people shall be my people your god my god where you die i will die and there i will be buried the lord so the lord do so do to me as also to you if anything but death parts you and me and we sometimes we use that 
in part of our vows in a wedding. You know, you've heard how many of you ever heard that in a wedding? And they say those things that these things will not depart and we won't, you know, uh, I'll go where you go. Your God will be my God. So Ruth was a clinger. And she didn't care what was in Bethlehem. She didn't care what she was leaving, what she was going to. She had to leave her family, her father, her mother, her siblings. She left everything behind, everything she ever knew her whole life. She left it behind. How many of us have experienced losing everything you ever knew? Isn't everything completely different? Now, I experienced this once, but things got back to normal. Uh, my wife and I were part of, uh, uh, we were in Miami during Hurricane Andrew. And we lost everything. Thank God that we were just at the beginning of our life and we didn't have much. <laughs> we were poor because we couldn't afford the OR in the end. So <laughs> we were really poor. And <laughs> we didn't have much. So we didn't lose. I mean, we lost everything we owned, but we didn't lose much. And we moved five times in one year. Because every time we moved, somebody would either sell. And they were, the rents were, they were gouging people. It was horrible back then. But we had lost everything. But, you know, a year went by and things started settling down. And then we ended up being able to buy a house because of the hurricane through FEMA. And it was our first home that we bought. And, and you know, things got better and better and better. And then we, were, we had some type of normal life. It was like, okay, we're back to owning a home. We're, we were better than we were before the hurricane, actually. And, but this, what's happened in 2020 and into 2021, that's, we're never going to be the same. Yeah. Who, who just celebrated that? <laughs> we're going to be better than we were before. See, God, I don't believe God sent COVID or sickness or anything because Jesus died on the cross for that. and He'd be contradicting himself if he did that, right? And God doesn't contradict himself, and he's not a man that he should lie, as it says. But I believe that these things happen. There's a shaking or a moving or even sometimes an uprooting that has to happen or a pruning. I like that better. Or pruning that needs to happen for things to bud. The pruning part is not any fun. In fact, after pruning a tree, if you prune it right, it doesn't look very good. Usually you prune it and the branches are gone. Sometimes you prune off all the, the leaves and you prune off everything and, and it's just sitting there and you're thinking, that thing's dead. Nothing's going to happen. How about a, a tulips? You know how tulips grow? I learned in Oklahoma. They're bulbs. And you put them in the ground, and you water them, and you don't see them. They're underground. And then once a year for a season, they come out of the ground, and the flowers are beautiful and everything, and then they disappear again. But if you went and said, what is going on, and you pulled up that bulb, you wouldn't have tulips next year again. You leave it in the ground, and it comes back. That's what happens. There's a season for everything. And the season of budding and flowering and fruitfulness is right around the corner. That amen means you agree with me, right? It is right. I mean, it is right. I could almost, you ever smell rain before it comes? That's how I feel. I smell the blessing. It's on its way. It's like right around the corner. But what if we're still too distracted by our own uncertainty? That's the problem. We have this uncertainty. Why? Because we've been receiving word from our government and from the CDC and from all these different things. And this is happening. And now the economy. And you can't buy a piece of plywood that's not four times what it was a year ago. Right? You can't go down the street and buy gas that it's not almost $3 or more a gallon now. You can't. And all these things keep. And it seems like things are getting worse. Doesn't it? They're not. The kingdom of heaven is going to go forth. Irregardless, is that a word or regardless? It's regardless. I do that. My wife always corrects me. If she was here, she'd be correcting me. Regardless of what's happening. Regardless of what's happening. 
We have to make a decision and stick by it. I'd rather stay in Bethlehem and go hungry than to go to Moab and lose out on God's blessings. And that's exactly what happened to them. Are you a clinger or a kisser? See, clingers hang on no matter what's going on, and they believe the word. There were uh, three decisions that, uh, that I, I gave you. There's many that, that will affect your future, uh, but I gave you these, and it's on your notes, and those of you who just got your notes today, you can fill these in. Number one is choose your friends with caution. Be careful who you hang around with. There's also a scripture there for you. Uh, you know, I even uh, sung the, the song Bye, Bye, Bye and, uh, last week, but I'm not doing it again because you weren't here last week, so if you didn't hear me do it, then you, you missed out. Um, Brittany helped me out last week. I didn't know the words, but she did. I wonder why. But anyway, plan, plan your future with purpose. This was a big one last week. Our uncertainty waiting for the world to decide what we're going to do has kept us from planning our future with purpose. We've lost our purpose. What are we doing? What, what's going on? We're waiting. We're waiting to see what, if they're going to let us travel. Are we going to be able to go here? We gonna, do we have to wear masks in this state or that state? Do we have to... And we're not doing anything. We're just kind of in limbo. And you know why people are going through depression and anxiety and all that? Because there's no purpose. There's, no, there's nothing to get... Without vision, people perish, it says. There's no vision that we can't see what's going on because we're just waiting on somebody else to tell us what to do. God already told us we need to keep preaching the gospel. That didn't stop. God did not get off his throne and say, man, I didn't expect COVID to come. I'm going to go back in my room until this is all over. I'll come back later. Let me go. Let me go put my mask on. It's funny because God wouldn't do that. He's still in charge. He's large and in charge. He's still sitting on his throne. This has not affected his purpose and our purpose that he's put in us for our future. It hasn't changed anything. If something in the world could change what God has put in our purpose and destiny that God put into our lives, then God isn't God anymore. He ceases to be God. You've got to plan your future with purpose. And I quoted Proverbs 29 and Psalms 20. The third one is frame your world with faith. And then I added on the end, not news. Right. Frame your world with faith. What does God have to say about these things? And then I quoted uh, Deuteronomy 28 and we talked about obeying uh, uh, the many voices in uh, Deuteronomy 28, too. And says all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Instead of obeying many voices, there's only one voice that you should be obeying. And then you could read through there and see all the blessings that God has uh, 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 promised us through our obedience. Finally, service. You guys excited? We're not at rest yet. <laughs> service, rest, reward. You guys are like, I want to get to rest and reward. Those sound fun, right? <laughs> Decision. God bless you. <laughs> Decision, right? Service. Those are all, and now rest and reward. I might not make it to rest and reward today. Right? Make it come back next week. Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 through 23. There's going to be a little bit of reading today, only because you have to see the, the, the whole framework of this story and how it works and, and how, why God put it in here for us today. 
you know, what good would it be if you can't practically apply it to your life right now? So Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 through 23 says, There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, Please, let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him, in whose sight I may find what? Favor. Remember that word. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. It's interesting how she calls her her daughter. She's not calling Orpah her daughter anymore, is she? Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. They're pushing that, aren't they? Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, the house of bread, and said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered to him, the Lord bless you. I don't know about you, but I ask questions, right? Here's Boaz. He's the boss man. He's the rich guy. He runs all these people. They're employees of his. He's like the CEO, and these guys are the janitors, right, of his building. And, and he walks up, and instead of saying, hey, you didn't throw out the garbage yesterday, or, you know, what's up, how you doing, good morning, get me a cup of coffee, what does he do? He says, the Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless you. That says something about who Boaz was. Because he was the boss man. He could have he treated him in any way, but yet he treated him as his own. The Lord bless you. He walked into their presence and blessed them. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, whose woman is this? So the servant who was in charge of the reapers, <laughs> I don't know how he said that, but I don't know if he saw her. Maybe, maybe you know, Ruth was good looking and he said, whose woman is this? How you doing? <laughs> Joey Triviani, right? How you doing? I got that one right. Okay, thank you. I'm just making sure with, with my, tri my trivia guy here. So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, it is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and, uh, and has continued from morning until now. Though she did rest a little in the house. Then Boaz said to Ruth, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? This is the boss. This is the big shot. He could kick her off his property right now, and she'll never glean there again. Do not go glean in anybody else's field. No, go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded, listen, the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. The other women did not drink from what the young men had drawn. They drink from what they drew. Is that right? They didn't drink. He immediately escalated her because she found what? Favor. She found favor in his eyes. Why? Because of her service. See, service causes favor, which is also a root word for the word grace. It's, it means in kindness, the grace in kindness to an inferior person. 
She was an inferior person. She was a Moabite. She wasn't even a, an Israelite. She was a Moabite. But she found favor. Why? Because of her service. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found what? Favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner. Verse 11. And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me that all you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth, and have come to a people whom you did not know before. Totally in faith. She blindly left her country, not knowing what was next. Remember, there was a famine in the land. She could have been going back to the famine. She didn't know. She became a new creation. She left being a Moabite and became an Israelite because of her obedience to God. She left everything behind. If you read through the Old Testament and New Testament, all the men and women who left everything behind ended up a lot more blessed in the, in the, in the future. You see Abraham, leave everything, set up a tent in the desert. Where am I going? I don't know, but you, know, you don't need to know right now. Just, just go. And he left everything, and he was a rich man. The rich man comes, how do I inherit the kingdom of heaven? Well, follow these commandments. I do all that. Well, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Oh, you don't know how much I have. And he could, and he could not do it because he was married to his wealth. So he says, it has been fully reported to me. Ruth had a good testimony. Ruth had a good testimony. That opened the door for her. Hint, hint. The Lord repay your work and full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. There's a psalm that talks about being under the wings of the, like being under the wings of the hen. I'm going to read a story before we have communion today about that. Then she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, now she's not only drinking from the thing, now she's at this table. Come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. Girl, the other ladies didn't get that. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed parched grain to her. And she ate and was satisfied and kept some back. Right? My granddad, she, she's passed, but she used to steal the breads from, like, out back and stuff. And one time we got home and she had all their knives. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? And then those little cup, the little ceramic cups, that they, when you get the awesome blossom and they put the little ceramic cup in the middle with the dip, she would take those to serve Cuban coffee in. You know how you get a little shot of Cuban coffee? My aunt used to take those, and, and then she would just shove it in her purse. She'd have butter and bread, and she, she'd get home and go like this. Oh, you want a snack? You know? She said, you can't take that. Dude, look how nice these knives are. I said, yeah, they don't belong to you. The, the waitress probably came back over and said, they all had steaks, and no, there's no knives on the table. I'm sorry, Sita. She's passed, so if my mom's watching, you know, <laughs> watching my, my family's laundry here. 
<clears throat> Come here and eat the bread. Dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and passed parched grain to her. And she ate and was satisfied. And she kept some back. When she rose up among the... Uh, uh, when she rose up to glean... Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. So now this is twice that he's spoken to his young men about, about her, about Ruth. The first one was, don't mess with her. Now these are uh, the gleaning that, that, that they weren't harvesting, they were gleaning. Gleaning is different than harvesting. Gleaning is you pick up what's left over. And in those days, if you were rich, like Boaz, you would leave some in the field for the poor people, and they would just go and glean a little bit from the outskirts, from the fences, and from wherever things were, you know, were kind of laying around. But Boaz wasn't doing that with Ruth. Boaz was, was protecting her and keeping her. Now, these women were very poor on the streets, and they were vulnerable. How many of you know where I'm going with this? So these men, it was, it was just a natural thing. You're reaping in my field. You're picking up stuff. So, you know. They were, they were gleaning, so the men felt like they could take advantage of them, and they did. But he told her, don't mess with Ruth. Don't touch this one, he tells them, and he protects her. And I'm sure that they did exactly what he said. But then he commanded his young men, saying, let her glean even among the sheaves. So he's not gleaning no longer on the outside. Now she, she let her glean with you, like right behind you, and do not reproach her. Also, let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it in that she may glean and do not rebuke her. So these guys got paid by, by uh, uh, back then it was, we call them bushel now. They call them ephahs back then. They were being paid by their bushel, about 30, 35 pounds of, of wheat. So they were getting paid. So now it's like, wait a minute, I'm gleaning. Then now you want me to drop some for this woman? I get paid for the amount that I bring in and now I have to drop some too? I'm sure they didn't complain. They just did whatever Boaz told them. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. Now, an ephah, like I said, is a bushel. But you got to understand, she had already beat it out. So now it's not the, 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 the stock and, the, and all that in, in a bushel. Now it's just the grain. That's why it was 30 to 40 pounds in, in a bushel. It was a lot more. It was, you know, uh, uh, very expensive and, and uh, uh, that much Imagine 30 pounds. Imagine 30 pounds of rice. How long would that last you? A long time. Then she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. So she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back, which she had in her pocket, right, the bread from uh, Outback. And she, uh, she had kept back uh, after she had been satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, where have you gleaned today? And where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So why? Because of her service. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, blessed be he of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and to the dead. That told Ruth that she knew him. And Naomi said to her, this man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. Ruth the Moabitess said, 
He also said to me, you shall stay close to my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with this young woman, with, with his young woman, and that people do not meet you in any other field. So she stayed close by the young woman of Boaz to glean until the end of the barley harvest and wheat harvest, and she dwelt in her, with her mother-in-law. She had a good testimony. That's why doors were opening for her. She served, and she didn't just serve. She served with a good testimony. She served in humbleness. She served. She was a servant, and she had a good testimony. You know, nowadays people are like applying for jobs and this, that, and the other. Do you know what they do when you apply for a job online? Or if you just apply in person or whatever, they, they're going to go to your Facebook page. How many of you know that? Instagram, tweet. Why do they do that? Because you can write whatever you want on your resume, but you're going to reveal yourself on your Facebook page. Why did they hire me? They went, look at your Facebook page. Look at your Instagram. <laughs> Not a good testimony. Doors closed. Right? Doors immediately closed. Because... They can't trust you or because they didn't see something that they wanted to see or, or you know, saw something they shouldn't have saw, seen or, you know, whatever. See, favor is something that happens in the midst of your uncertainty when you serve and you have a good testimony. It's not a parking space close to the front door. Ooh, the favor of the Lord. I got a parking space right here. That's God's favor. That's not God's favor. You probably need to park at the end of the parking lot so you can walk and get some exercise. That's what I do. It ain't, it ain't working, but it, that's what I do. <laughs> I, I, I like to think I'd be a lot bigger if I didn't park away from the front door, you know. I don't go shopping much either, so. <laughs> Amazon is, is incredible. But uh, <laughs> you can order anything on there. It's pretty Amazon Prime, no delivery, so I don't even have to waste gas. Favor is something that happens in the midst of uncertainty. Like you don't, favor doesn't happen when things are good. When things are good, you, even if favor did happen, you wouldn't recognize it because things are good. But in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of things not going just the way that you think they should, you keep your testimony, you continue to serve, you cling, you make a decision to cling and hang on because the blessing is on its way. And the doors begin to open, even in the midst of everybody else's doors being closed. That's favor. Not because God loves you more or you're his favorite like I am, right? It's not because of that. That's a joke, by the way. I'm, we're all his favorite. But it's not because of that. It's because you served, you found favor, and the doors opened to you because you had a good testimony. Your decision to follow God wholeheartedly will always lead you into serving him. Decision leads you into serving him and others. And if you're not serving God and others, then you're not doing the two commandments that Jesus said. Luke 10, verse 25 through 28. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal what? Life. That's a big word. He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? 
he answered and said, isn't it awesome how he always answers with a question? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this, and you will what? Live. Life and live are the big words in this scripture here. Life is the state of one who is possessed by vitality or is animated. Woo! (laughs) Pentecostals are animated, right? We throw our hands up, we scream, we yell. Not as much as I like to. I'm going to start running around this place, see if you guys will join me. (laughs) Of the absolute fullness of life, both essential and ethical, which belongs to God, still under Zoe life. Life real and genuine, a life active and vigorous, devoted to God, blessed in the portion even in this world of those who put their trust in Christ, but after the resurrection to be consummated by the new ascensions, among them more perfect body. Thank you, Lord. We get a perfect body when we go, right? And lasts forever. The Zoe life is eternal life, but it starts here. This, this portion of, of uh, explaining life is also part of the word soteria, which is the uh, uh, Hebrew word for the word salvation, which means the same thing. Your life starts over, and it's eternal, but it starts over here. So all the blessings of salvation begin the day you get saved, not the day that you live, you leave this place. Right? So we say, oh, I get, when we go to the by and by, we have some hymns like that, that we go to the by and by, I can't wait to go up there. No, no, when you get saved, you bring heaven to earth. When you get saved, you're living a brand new life, this Zoe life. And to live in this life, which is Zao, which is different from Zoe, it means to live, breathe, and be among the living, not lifeless or dead. The church, and I'm talking not just us, but the church in general, has become somewhat lifeless. I don't want to use the word dead because we're not dead. We're far from that. But we have become a little lifeless. We've stopped doing some of the things that we were doing before because of what's happening. We're kind of waiting for something. That uncertainty is still there. We're waiting for something to change. Well, you know what? I'm not waiting anymore. We're going to continue to do our outreaches. We're going to continue to do the, you know, we're having VBS here. We even talked about it, and I was like, we're not canceling. We canceled it last year. I'm not canceling VBS. It's one of my favorite outreaches to come in here every day during the week and see all these kids in here worshiping and praising God and you know, and then and then we get a, we get a big water slide. I get to slide down a water slide. You know, if we don't have VBS, I'm going to get a water slide just for me, because it's a blast, man. It really is. One time I put a kid on my back and I slid down the water slide, and we attach a slip and slide, you know, a inflatable slip and slide on the end. You guys ever seen those? It's a water slide, and then they, so I guess because of my my because of my six pack, I slide faster than everyone else for some reason. And I had this kid on my back, and I slid right off the end, right onto the concrete. Pa! <laughs> the kid was safe because he fell on top of me, but I, didn't, I wasn't having any fun. I had some road rash and everything else. So. But VBS is, is like, it's major. Why? Because these kids that don't go to our church, you know what they do? They go home and tell their parents, we got to go to church on Sunday because we're going to get our prizes, and there's going to be superheroes there. And we got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. We gotta... Okay, we'll go to church. Yes. <laughs> go get them. On the last day when the parents aren't here, we tell them, go get your parents right now. Come on, it's okay. Right? Bother them all the way home and in the back seat. And, you know, even if you get grounded. 
And they show up and they bring and they do a little thing and the parents come and the grandparents come. The last time we had one of these, a children's service, this place was packed out. Come on. There's no more uncertainty here. We're going to continue doing what God has called us to do. There is life and new life. All right? We're going to move forward with this life, and we're going to live this life. We're going to, in Acts 17, 28, you won't have this back there, Miguel. In him we live and move and have our being. In one, in one version it says, in him we breathe and move and have our being. What is this, what is this thing doing? It's trying to take our breath. That's what it attacks, our lungs. It tries to take our breath. Your oxygen level goes down. I had it already. My oxygen level started sinking. I was like, uh-uh. I got up and I went outside and walked around. And thank God that, you know, uh, uh, my wife bugged me because I would have stayed in bed. And who knows what would have happened. She's like, you got to get up. You got to go outside. You got to breathe. You got to. I was, I was walking down my neighborhood with one of those oxygen things on my finger. At like a half a mile an hour, you know. That thing knocked me out. The last two days, I didn't even want to move. And then I woke up one morning. I was 100%. It was like nothing had even happened. Right? What happened? God touched me. Well, no, Pastor Rick. You went through the whole 10 to 14 days. God touched me. God touched me. And I made it through because of him. And in him, I breathe. And I live. And I move. And I have my being. In him. Not in the world, not in the news, not in what people are saying. In him, I have this. So I'm going to continue to serve him. And I'm going to continue to have a good testimony. And I'm going to continue to do what he has called me to do. How about you? Life without serving God and serving others is not life at all. You're not going to live this life unless you're serving God and serving others. It's the commandment. It's a mandate. You want to be blessed? Serve God and serve others. Period. It's, it made it real simple. You don't have to read through the Ten Commandments anymore. Serve God and serve others. I'm going to read these scriptures, and I did not make it to rest and reward. I'm so glad I didn't because I'll, I'll pick up next week here where I left off. But there's opportunities for us to serve right here at New Life. And I know that some of us, you know, my wife has this thing, and I, I'm kind of glad she's not in here right now. My wife has this thing that she, you know, she lets you serve for about a year, and then uh, and then you can step down from serving and, and take a break. I'm going to remove that <laughs> that uh, that rule, <laughs> okay? Come on. God didn't stop serving. Jesus didn't stop serving. When he stopped, he went up to the mountain to pray so he can come down and serve with more power and more anointing. <laughs> right? We have opportunities to serve in our children's ministry, in the two to five class, in the elementary school class. I'm not sure... If we have uh, 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 in the nursery, if there's uh, opportunity there or not, because we had we had a good group of people in there, but um, we have opportunity to serve here. If you're tech technologically savvy and you can you know a little bit about running a camera or a computer, the media team and the sound booth, they these guys are there every single week. Same person. Gus is there every week running that camera. And when Gus wasn't there, they went through COVID. Kyle ran the camera and the, the you know, the, 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 the sound. He ran both. Now, Gus did run 
the electronic part of it from the house because he can connect. I don't know how they do all that stuff. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm retro. I use my Bible and stuff. They, they're all technologically, I don't know. He goes, I can run it from the house. I don't even ask how he does that. But, uh, but he does it. And, uh, but, you know, everything had to be set up here for it to work. And we were still able to stream even though he was quarantined. And I'm grateful for these guys. But don't look at them and say, yeah, they're so awesome. Let's, let's, let's thank them. And woohoo! No, let's help them. That's what they need. They need some help in there. Right? They need somebody to be able to step in there. But you, do, you can't be anybody. You do have to know a little bit. Um, and don't, don't be offended if they say you don't know enough and get out of here. But <clears throat> I'm going to read these scriptures and then we'll, we'll have communion. Um, those of you who want to uh, get Children's Church and bring them in here, you can do that now. Somebody can grab my wife and, and the kids and stuff. Matthew 4.10. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Worship and serve. Matthew 6.24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You, have, you cannot serve God and mammon. That mammon is not just money. You can't serve God in this world. We can't, we can't obey his word and obey CNN at the same time. It doesn't work. Now, I'm not being negative about them. I'm not saying that, that we need to you know, stop informing ourselves. It's okay to inform yourself. It's not okay to transform yourself. Right? You transform yourself through the reading of the word. It's the washing of the word that transforms and renews your mind. But what happens when, when we watch too much of the other stuff? And the world begins to trans, and it removes that seed and it kills it, right? And the parable of the sower will show you that. Romans 7, 6. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what, he, what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness. We should what? Serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Thank you for your freedom to serve. Galatians 5.13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. I'm free. I'm a Christian. I don't, you know, I, I'm free. God made me free, so I don't really have to serve. No, it says don't use that to run away. Use that to serve. Use your liberty and your freedom that God has given you to serve him. Colossians 3.24, Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward. We're getting there, I promise. Next week we'll probably cover the last two. Of the inheritance for you what? Serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You want the reward of inheritance? Serve. 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 You were not born a servant, but you grow into one. How do you do that? By serving. By serving. Decide to serve. We will cover... Rest and reward, hopefully next week. How many are you enjoying going through Ruth? I love doing that. I love the expository teaching like that. And there's practical application. If you got anything today, your testimony and, and uh, uh, your service will open doors for you. Sometimes, oh, I need prayer for my finances. I really need, you know, I need, I need a, a different job. There's a, a teaching by mouth. Thanks for listening to the New Life Bible Church podcast. If you're ever in the Central Florida area, consider this a standing invitation for you to join us. We would love to meet you. Services are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If this message blessed you, imagine what it would be like in person. Keep up with everything going on at New Life on our website 
orangecitychurch.com. New Life Bible Church. You will never be the same.